Do you feel stuck in your life, career, or business? And are you ready to take things to the next level? If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is David Trotter, and I'm a transformation coach passionate about helping people just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals. My superpower is helping people experience tremendous breakthroughs in a short period of time. If you give me 12 weeks, I'll help you launch that new project, go after that better job, or overcome that challenge in your business. To find out how I can help you, head on over to insporising.com slash coach. That's insporising.com slash coach. You can either in five years have a seven figure business, or you can be sitting in the same chair you're sitting now going, I wish I would have taken small steps, but either way, five years is going to go by. What are you going to do with it? Welcome to Inspiration Rising. My name is David Trotter, and I'm a business growth consultant. I'm passionate about helping business owners just like you rise above your biggest barriers to reach your greatest goals all without the paralyzing overwhelm, feeling all alone, or wondering what the heck to do next. I'm a former pastor and a serial entrepreneur who's passionate about personal growth because that's what's helped me cultivate peace in my life and empowered me to love my amazing wife, Laura, of 26 years and our two almost grown kids. So if you're all about business, personal growth, and peace in your life, you're in the right place. I'm super glad that you're here. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Inspiration Rising. It is great to have you with me today. Hey, have you left a review on Apple Podcasts? That is really the only place to leave a review. If you search how to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, boom, you'll learn how to do it. Tell us what you think about Inspiration Rising. We love putting out these incredible episodes that are inspiring, informative, educating, and we'd love to hear what you think. Today, we're talking about buying and selling on Amazon. Not so much the buying part. Like, we all buy, though, right? You buy on Amazon. I buy on Amazon. What's the weirdest thing you've bought on Amazon? Seriously, what is the weirdest thing? I tried thinking about that myself. I thought, well, we bought those little bitty screwdrivers that fix your eyeglasses, and we got a massive, I mean, it just came with like this massive amount of screws with the screwdrivers. What are we going to do with all of these miniature screws? They're just sitting there. I've bought clothes, books, supplements, dog food, a lot of gifts. I had someone buy me flowers, dried flowers that came from Amazon. And they're sitting in a vase on my desk, and they're absolutely beautiful. And they came from someone in the Philippines. What the heck? People buy dried flowers on Amazon. Okay, so we know that you're buying stuff on Amazon. The question is, what would it look like for you to maybe sell on Amazon? Oh, I know. You don't know how. It feels too overwhelming. That is why I have an incredible guest for you today. Her name is Kristen Ostrander, and she is a dynamic Amazon selling mom who's generated over $5 million in online sales. And she now dedicates her energy to helping other people like you and me start and scale businesses on Amazon. She has a technique called wholesale bundling. And I didn't even really realize that this existed. And 
I don't know. Maybe I've purchased an item that had been bundled. I don't think so, though. But it just blew my mind, this whole idea of wholesale bundling. And it's one of the techniques that she teaches. So you're going to love this episode where we learn all about Amazon selling. You'll love Kristen. She's got fun, full of energy. She's got fun, full of energy. She is full. Fu- she. Hmm, let me say that again. She is fun and full of energy. There we go. I got it right that time. Hey, and if you haven't left a review, go to Apple Podcast, leave a review, tell people what you think, and share this episode with a friend because this is what friends do, right? Friends are friends forever. I hope. Are you my friend forever? Ha! All right, let's jump into this interview with Kristen Ostrander. Kristen, thanks so much for taking some time to hang with me today. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's my privilege. All right. So I want to hear a little bit about your story of how you started selling online, specifically on Amazon. How did this begin for you? So back in the day, I was married very young at a ripe age of 19. And um, my husband and I end up having a child about a year later. And I really didn't want to be ships passing in the night. We both needed to contribute to the family household. But the problem was, is that he was working a day shift. I'd have to leave with him with the baby and come home and go to a different job. And we just didn't want that. And so I started seeking out work from home opportunities. But in the year 2000, there wasn't a whole lot of them going on. It was a lot of uh, direct sales or multi-level marketing, which was so not for me. And so I started to look at eBay. I was a buyer on eBay and found a lot of really great uh, deals and things like that there. I could be thrifty and frugal with my money there, but then I realized I could be a seller. And so when my second child was born, um, is really when I was born out of necessity to um, create that income, I started selling her. My first thing I sold was a bundle of her dresses. You know, those dresses where they wear like one time to like yep. Easter. And then you, there's like, what do you do with this brand new thing? So I ended up selling some of her clothing on, on eBay. And I was kind of hooked right away because I could do this in my own time at home, staying home with my family, but also generating some income bringing in. So I was really kind of hooked. That's so good. And so at what point did you make the shift from eBay to Amazon? Because when I think of eBay, at least back in the day, it was like you said, one-off used items. Now you can go on there and there are huge sellers that are selling, you know, every size of a shoe or shirt or something like that. But when I think about selling on Amazon, but that feels like a big shift to me. Yeah, it actually was a big shift and a very, um, very profitable and easier one. So with eBay, you're right. It's it's one-offs or, I mean, now there's a little bit more systematic where people are selling wholesale products and things like that. But um, it was taking the pictures and doing all the listings and all the customer service and everything. Well, I started to grow a little bit, little by little, as I was working the business from home with, with kids. Um, and so I was looking for ways to scale, to get a little bit bigger. And I, as I started checking in, I realized Amazon had this FBA program where you could send all, and I started with used books on Amazon at the time they were the major bookseller, right? right? And so uh, that was 2008. I discovered that Amazon has this program where you can send all of your inventory in one box to their warehouse, and then they distribute it to the customers. And you don't have to take pictures of individual items. The listings are already there. You just kind of hit the button that says, sell yours, fill out some information, and aha, you're selling products on Amazon, and you don't have to fulfill each order. That was a game changer. And so I kind of jumped into Amazon headlong and never really looked back after that. eBay's little, my side, side, side. I hustle now. I still dabble in it because I'm a treasure hunter at heart. Um, but that's really just a hobby at this point and more Amazon is my full-time focus. Okay. 
So I have the, the uh, let's see, the things that I have sold on Amazon personally, I have uh, self-published multiple books through CreateSpace, which is now their KDP program. Um, and I have four feature films that are online. Actually, all of those, one of the films I initially set up, but now all four of my feature films are sold on Amazon through distributors. But I've never, I'm trying to think if I've ever, uh, I think I actually sold some t-shirts at one point on Amazon. I'm just, you know, racking my brain through all the different things that I've done over the years. What do you now primarily sell on Amazon? Because I have seen something that you're calling a bundle, which I still don't understand. And I've, I, teach me these things. Come on, let's, let's get the, let's get the down low. How, what's going on on Amazon for you? So I've tried many, many business models on Amazon. I've been selling since 2008. So I started with thrifting and arbitrage. And as you start to grow, because Amazon's such a global marketplace, uh, the profit was almost instant. And so as I was building, I was looking for ways to scale and ways to grow. I got into wholesale and wholesale was amazing, only the margins were super thin. And so I, and there's private label where people, you know, create their own product. Let me jump in here because you're because you know all these terms, right? And my audience won't wholesale. Uh, so I mean, I understand what wholesale, but you're buying from someone else and then reselling on the platform. How do you buy? Where do you find that wholesaler? Do you ship all that stuff to Amazon and they fulfill? Like, help help me understand this a bit more. Okay, I'm going to walk you through each brief section of what these things are because that will land us to the wholesale bundle system that I landed on. Retail arbitrage is where a lot of people start on Amazon. That's going to literally Target, Walmart, stores like that. Scanning a barcode with your phone, it gives you the the difference between what it's selling on Amazon, what it's selling in retail store, and you can find the profit margins. A lot of people start there because it's low-hanging fruit. It's low barrier to entry. You can literally go to Target clearance section or even regular section scan codes and realize, wow, there's a, there's, this is selling for much more on Amazon and you, you find those profits there. But obviously that's not a scalable thing. So the next thing was the wholesale, which is what your average everyday brick and mortar store buys their goods from wholesale manufacturers, mark it up, they sell, sell goods there. So you're buying stuff that's already pre-made, basically everything you see on a short store shelf. Then private label would be uh, creating your brand new own products. So say you wanted to make, you know, I've got these great curl, this curly hair, right? So I'm always going to curly hair products. And if I wanted to manufacture my own curly hair serum, I could go to manufacturers, I could create a label, I could create my own brand, and then I'm private labeling that item as my own brand and selling it online. So those are all the major business models. I know you talked about KDP. Um, my book was also produced on K Amazon KDP as well. So I've tried a little bit of that or the print on demand type things that people are doing with t-shirts and designing things. So those are different business models on Amazon. And what I found was um, wholesale had slim margins because wholesale was never really built for e-commerce. E-commerce is new in the past 30 years or so. And as people will do wholesale, they're built for brick and mortar stores who push volume on millions of products to where smaller e-commerce stores like mine, um, I need to I need to get in with margin because I don't want to move 5,000 products a day. I mean, I don't have the warehouse, you know, I don't have a warehouse or space. So um, I was trying to find the go between, between private label products and reinventing the wheel and trying to create this big, huge brand and get people to follow it um, versus the wholesale, which is great proven products, but there's very slim margins. And so the bundle is creating the hybrid between private label and wholesale to create more margin for your product. So a bundle is putting highly complementary products together in the same um, 
package in order to uh, create value for the customer, speed and variety. So go back to the curly hair products, for example, shampoo and conditioner usually purchased together, right? So if we create that shampoo and conditioner all in one package, then your customer doesn't have to shop multiple times to add those things to the cart. So it creates convenience for them, easy for you, and also um, get your margin up there a little bit more because it's one sale, one package, one, one fee, and it kind of makes it a lot more profitable as a seller. And those bundles, are you um, somehow buying those wholesale, having them at your home, you're putting those bundles together and photographing it and so forth, or are you having Amazon fulfill that? Yes and no. Okay, so in the beginning of our bundling, we we definitely did everything in-house. So we'd have multiple manufacturers sending us different products and we would uh, bundle them ourselves and we're creating a new listing. The good thing about photography is that most of wholesale companies offer their high resolution pictures. So you can just make a photo collage rather than having to add an element of photography. So that's a good thing there. Um, and yes, you could do it in-house, but we use a prep facility. And a prep center is where you, you have your manufacturers send all of your goods to a prep facility. They package it, prepackage it for you, label it the way Amazon wants you to label it, and then ship it off to the Amazon warehouse. So they're they're not quite a mid- middleman, but they are so that you don't have to be sending and receiving from your own home. So we are hands-off inventory. We do the ordering, we do the bundle creation and the listings, and then everything is sent to our prep center. They send it to Amazon and it's really a well-oiled machine. And the prep center Obviously, you know, some of this may be proprietary information, so share what you want, but like how much are they charging in order to prep based on, you know what I mean? How much is that cutting into your profits? Not by much. I would say that like different prep centers vary based on the products that you're selling. For example, if you're selling the patio furniture versus like a picture frame, you know, there's different prep levels uh, there. But I would say the average is between two and three dollars per bundle. And so as you're as a packaging as a whole, I mean, we're looking for a margin game here. So a lot of our bundles, uh, we start at $30, $30 or more that we like to sell, sell through so that it's creating that margin. Um, and it gives you as a business owner uh, a lot more creativity and a lot more time to be able to develop product rather than doing hands-on prep work. So um, regardless of the cost there, I mean, I've never seen anything over like $3 for for a bundle. For one product bundle, I'm putting shampoo, conditioner together, labeling it. They charge me $3 for that one bundle. I would say that would be the maximum price. There's a lot, there's a variation in the different prep centers, but the reality is you're buying is from wholesale and you have to package your items anyway. What people don't understand about Amazon is that you can direct manufacture to Amazon, but they have to be prepped in a certain way. If there's anything exposed, it has to be bagged. If there's anything breakable, it has to pass a three foot drop level. So bubble wrap, things like that. And so that's very time consuming. And so if you're thinking about um, your profit margin, what would you rather do? Would you like to bubble wrap your hot sauce packages that you're doing and have those be triple bubble wrapped and then bagged and then labeled and then shipped to Amazon? Or do you want to take a little less margin to have someone do that work for you? I've done it both ways and I'll never live without a prep center again. Put it that way. For eight years, we bundled our own things in-house. And I think my husband kind of drew the hard line in the sand of um, cardboard is now our major um, 
decor around here. And so I think maybe that needs to change. Um, we were outgrowing our space for sure. And so um, that's kind of the nutshell about the, the logistics of how things work. Some people start in-house and that's perfectly fine as they're getting used to it. Um, but most of our bundles, we have three to five items and many times they come from wow. different manufacturers. The three to five items is really a sweet spot um, because two items kind of make sense. But like you think of your typical gift set, if you were going to send a gift to um, uh, like a woman's gift, gift package or something, you've got a bundle, maybe there's a candle in there, a wine glass, a pair of socks, something, a journal, something like that. You have three to five items in there, you're packaging it really nicely, sending it off to the customer really creates that high perceived value. And I have never purchased a bundle like this on Amazon. So this was all new to me. I was like, wow, this is really, I mean, it's genius. So let's just say you're packaging. Well, let's go to your, let's go to your listings. Okay. Some of this, I might be asking personal questions here. So feel free to, you know, kind of dodge and weave me here. Uh, how many listings do you have on Amazon currently? So we carry between 200 and 250 uh, different SKUs in our store. Uh, we try to keep them small. Some of them are, it, it fluctuates between different seasons. So I'll have seasonal products there. Um, but for the most part, we're churning less than 200 actual availability of certain bundles. That's not a lot. I'm surprised by that. Um, I have a friend who has um, a uh, large business, very large. I think it's 60,000 square feet where he sells primarily um, uh, pool supplies, above ground pool supplies and Halloween costumes that he has manufactured himself in China. And he also sells tools. Like, I mean, he's got multiple different things. His tool store, um, this is so fascinating. He uh, has all of these tools listed on eBay, Amazon, and so forth. And then he doesn't necessarily keep them all into stock. He will drive to the wholesale locations here in Southern California, pick up the items that were just sold and package it and send it the next day. I mean, there's just so many different ways. I didn't even know these things were possible until he, you know, but why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because you're blowing my mind with these bundles. So you've got 200 to 250 bundles. What are the types of bundles that you have? Like, what, what, do, what, do, you, what do you like to bundle? We love to bundle home decor products. So um, for, for your listeners, they can't see what's behind me, but you can see videos. You Things like this, this little shelf here behind me. Those are little corner shelves that we, we found on wholesale. We ended up purchasing them and selling them on Amazon. Just little home decor products to where people are buying this or a set of rugs or a set of matching kitchen towels you see or bathroom towels, home decor to where you wall art or you know some of the shelf fillers that you kind of see there. There's a uh, we like to follow a lot of the trends um, when it comes to that. We also uh, really like uh, like the home and kitchen um, area as far as people are always remodeling. They're always updating colors. They're always updating things. So there's always ways to, for people, are, especially during the pandemic, people were redecorating like crazy. Yeah. And it was kind of a, a nice, um, they were stuck inside looking at the same old, same old, right? So um, we really like home decor only because the, the, the world is your oyster, right? There's so many different people that like different styles so we can appeal to many many customers a lot of people we started out bundling with toy products and with um, grocery products uh, I love I, grocery and toy products especially grocery it can be great the only downside to that is keeping track of um, the, the expiration dates because Amazon unfortunately does not follow um, 
first in first out. So if you have overstock, it could expire and they put the new stuff in the front instead of the back, like a grocery store would. And so you can really have some major headaches. Also the downside Hold to on, real grocery, quick, grocery, I, grocery, you're blowing my mind here. Are we talking about like pasta and pasta sauce? Yeah. Like you would literally wholesale buy pasta, pasta sauce, send it to Amazon. And then they would, that, that is crazy. One, one of my favorite bundles, one of the very first bundles that I did in grocery was, okay, y'all have Costco, right? So we have, we, I don't know if everybody has Costco nationwide, but we love Costco. We have a big family. And sure. when I go to Costco, there's always the granola bars, right? That they give you like six flavors in the box and there's like five each. There's always that one flavor that no one likes, right? In our house, it's lemon. And no one wants like the lemon granola bar, the lemon bars, whatever it is. So we're like, well, what are we going to do with these? We don't want to throw them away. We give them the food bank. But then we're like, maybe if I bundle those, what are popular um, granola bars? So literally taking the granola bars, the lemon ones that we didn't eat, I bundled them with a couple other fruit flavors. And they took off like hotcakes because apparently there's other families that love the lemon that we don't love. So we bundled the, those together. And then we started selling things, uh, different bundle and grocery. Um, we've done everything from hot sauce packages like mild, medium, um, like the, what is like the devil fire burn one that they have all these different ones um, and hot sauce, because there's always a wide variety of people like hot sauce. They like all different flavors of hot sauce. So putting them together in bundles to create those types of things. Oh, in the beginning, you said for, I think you said for eight years, you were bundling these at home and then, and then, and then shipping them. So that way you were not having Amazon fulfill them. You were fulfilling them yourself. No. Is that correct? No. Yeah, yeah. We always did FBA, which is fulfilled okay. by Amazon, okay. but the bundling process needs to happen somewhere. somewhere. Okay? So even okay. if I order four different hot sauces from the same company, they come yes. in like case packs of 12. Yes. So you've yes, got regular mild, medium, hot, and those mild, medium, hot individually need to be taken out of those packages, bubble wrapped, and then rebundled into the sure. three pack set. So okay. that process needs to happen before it goes to Amazon. And why would you do fulfilled by Amazon versus shipping it out yourself? Because you're missing out on 75% of the customer base out there. With FBA, those are all your Prime members. Raise your hand. Yeah. If you're an Amazon Prime member, everybody, yeah, 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 as a matter of fact, it's 151 I want to say it's 151 million uh, Amazon Prime members as of January 2021. I, that's a stat I update on a regular basis yeah. because you're serving 151 households yeah. uh, with the Amazon Prime. Most right. people have, there's a there's a little button on your phone and on your desktop that says Prime only. And oh, I most know. People, right, you know that. Most people don't realize that, that there's a button. You can filter out all the ones that aren't Prime because you want it in two days. I don't order from anyone unless it's something that like is crazy that I, you know, nobody else that Amazon's not carrying. I don't own it. I don't buy it from somebody else. I also feel like it's uh, going to be possibly a problem. Like what if I wanted to return this or like I just, and it's not going to get here fast. I got to pay for shipping. Yeah. Okay. I hear what you're saying. Fulfilled by Amazon FBA process. But then there's all of these, um, because I've done this before, all of the labels have to be certain way for Amazon going in and out. And it's, it just feels like a big pain in the butt, Kristen. It just feels painful. Is it painful? Um, 
Yeah, sometimes. Um, I think learning the process step by step makes it not painful. Uh, re- remembering what the, what you're getting, what are you exchanging for working with Amazon? And what you're exchanging is trying to say you want to build your own e-commerce, Shopify website, whatever it is. I love Shopify, by the way. Uh, but the idea here is that you're going to build your own brand presence. Say you're going to, you know, uh, go back to the curly hair, right? Because I can't help myself here. So if I want to say this curly hair website that I'm going to build, I'm going to sell my own product. Now you're into, not only are you inventing and manufacturing a new product, but in control of the branding, but now you're in control of every asset. You have to market that. You have to make sure you have the best SEO. You have to drive traffic, get customers, build the brand. With Amazon, they do all of that for you. They literally bring you 150 million customers a day. All you have to do is offer your products for sale. So I think that's a really good exchange for labeling a couple boxes. Oh, you make it sound a little too easy. It's not that easy, Kristen, but my guess is you not teach that people. easy, but it's learnable. And it's, that's right. it, it, it's anything that you can learn anything. And I think yeah. it's not, if you have a step-by-step pro- process, which I teach, that's uh, right. then you can actually learn that pretty quickly and get it going. So at what point did you say, wow, I should be teaching other people how to do this, not just doing it myself. Tell me at what point did that idea come into your mind? Was it during the cardboard decoration days? It was okay. So in 2014, um, I was actively involved in, in some Facebook groups, just Amazon seller Facebook groups. People would get together and talk about these things and share tips. And just there was no business involved. We were just a community helping each other because there's newbies. And I, I was part of one of these groups is trying to feel like part of a community because it's very isolating sometimes to be an entrepreneur, be at home. No one in my house, and they were tired of talking about Amazon. They're like, go find some Amazon friends because we don't care. I mean, yeah. you know, not in a mean way. But you know how it is. Like when you get this business speak that people are like, you're speaking Greek. We don't know. So um, I started interjecting a lot and in, in sharing my knowledge in these Facebook groups for I didn't have a purpose. I was just trying to help people because I had to stumble through and figure out a lot of this stuff on my own because there wasn't a lot of training. There was definitely no communities. It was hard while I was really building this to get and find answers. I found a couple of people that were teaching really good things. And so I, I just started interjecting. I was invited to do a live broadcast show to as a 15 minute segment to kind of share my knowledge. And once I did that, um, I, it was a, it was a pinch me moment. It was a moment like I, I love to do this. I love to share knowledge. I love to help people. I love to give them shortcuts. And I had no idea that I had a knack for it until I, I did it. And so people reached out with that segment alone. And they said, can you do your own show? You just have so much to share. We want to hear more and we want to hear more. So uh, about six months later, I launched um, my show, The Amazon Files. And I have been teaching live uh, podcasts and live video streamings every week for seven years. So um, I've just been giving the Amazon information to people. I realized you just really want to help them because our story is not so glamorous. We went from home foreclosure and financial crisis crisis to building a seven figure business. And it's not easy. And there's always bumps in the road. So if I can help anybody shortcut their process, I'm, I'm happy to do that. And uh, has your husband been with you in this whole journey? Or does he work outside the home? 
So funny thing is, it's kind of both and. Um, one of, I had a small business just kind of working from home, bringing a little bit of income in. But a week after my third child was born in 2010, my husband came home with an, uh, a shoulder injury that basically almost ended his career. He's in commercial construction. So he's building buildings like, you know, big buildings and you know, stuff like that. And so he came home with a shoulder injury and uh, 18 months of surgeries and physical therapy um, basically sent us into... Um, you know, we were from humble means, we were kind of just doing the best we could as a young family of five. And um, my business at the time was growing, but not enough to support a family of five. So unfortunately, um, our world kind of crumbled in. And so he always has helped when he could. And when, when you know, we're, we're just a dig in our heels and, and get it done kind of people. So he's always been part of, of helping in that. But um, he was definitely anxious once he was healed to get back to his commercial construction job. Now we're in, we're in Southeast Michigan. So it's very feast or famine, um, which is why I always had to help contribute just because sometimes you're working 80 hours a week and sometimes you're laid off for four months. And so it's just the nature of the industry. And so um, he's always been able and been help be part of the muscle of it. And he's always super supportive. Um, but if he had his way, he'd be like, just do your thing over there. And I, he's like a behind the scenes, quiet guy. So um, very, very supportive. Yes. But during those times, sometimes it ebbed and flowed of, you know, who is going to do a little bit more here and there. So we're a good team. Now, what about your kids? It sounds like they're probably a little younger, um, but are like, are have they gotten into this? Do they have their own eBay sales or do they love learning about Amazon? What are, what's their approach? Um, they'd rather not. <laughs> I think maybe being surrounded by my son is 20. He's a musician. Um, and he's, you know, getting ready to release an album. So he wants to be out there and on the road. Um, okay. he's learned a little bit about some side hustle, more of teaching guitar and, and things like that. Um, my, um, middle child is just graduating from high school this year and she's, um, deciding what she wants to do. She's gotten a little bit into it. She's, she's done a lot of eBay sales and she sells on other platforms, like for her generation. So she likes to sell a lot of trendy clothes on um, some different, different like Depop and some different um, apps that they have Mercari and such. So she finds that she loves to do that. So she might be that next one coming up. She's very sure. independent as well. And then my youngest one is 10. And um, I feel like she has a little bit of business savvy as well. So we'll, we'll wait and see on that one. It's so interesting. I love asking that about, you know, people's kids because, you obviously, this is your whole focus in life and you're passionate about it. And some kids follow in their footsteps and, you know, others are like mine and they're like, we don't want to have anything to do with any online business kind of stuff. <laughs> they have their own, you know, ideas, hopes, dreams, all that kind of stuff. We don't want to sit at a computer all the time. Dad, that's boring. I don't want to have your, your life. I'm like, okay. Yeah, they want, uh, I noticed this generation too. They're like, uh, I had one kid the other day, a friend of my daughter's asked me, so I see you're on YouTube a lot. This is a 13 year old kid. He's like, can you teach me how to make money from YouTube? Oh yeah, there you <laughs> he go. Like, he wants to be a gamer and, and just put like, they think yeah. if you just put out these gaming videos and then the millions of dollars roll in, I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. it's not quite I, like that. But I want to play know, games sure. and have people pay me to watch me play games. That's basically what they want. That, that's definitely not, uh, that's, that's not something you ever seen on a resume that I could ever think of or when we were growing up of like, right. this is the future job I want to have. I'm going to be paid to play video games online while people watch me. That's like, that wasn't a job 20 years ago. And now all of a sudden it is uh, making people millions of dollars. So that's where we grow and adapt and figure out what is going to be the next new career path for, for the next generation. Absolutely. Amazing. So 
people that are listening and they're wanting to start an online business, maybe they've thought about, you know, Amazon reselling some stuff on eBay. Maybe they're thinking about uh, creating an online course, you know, all of these different things. How, how do they decide what path when there are so many paths that are possible? You said you tried so many different things just on Amazon itself, but just, you know, even outside of Amazon, there are so many opportunities and options. How do they decide what path to go down? The first thing you need to keep in mind is that money is not enough. Money is not enough of a motivator to continue on. Remember that these journeys, a lot of people quit before they even get started because money was their initial motivator. And no, I get it because I started looking at like, where's the fastest way I can make money? So I didn't have to get a job outside of my home. So I did hustle and grind and I was working from 9 p.m. to, to midnight every night or I'd work, you know, when the, during nap times and sneak these things in. And I have my own little concept called the 15 minute hustle where I was able to really build my business that way. But what you realize quickly is being an entrepreneur, being a reseller, it doesn't matter what you call yourself. A lot of people at Amazon don't consider themselves entrepreneurs, even though they are. If you're running your own business, money is not enough to motivate you. You have to have another driver, another reason why you're doing it. And the why might simply be that you don't want to go to a nine to five and work for the man again. Maybe it's a passion that you have for a specific product line that, that solves a problem for people. I'm diabetic. So I know that diabetic products are really important to me and they 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 save lives. And so if that's a passion you have, but whatever it is, you need to tap into what gets you out of bed in the morning, what motivates you to get up and move because it's, you have to be self-motivated. You don't have the boss man hanging out behind you going, you got to meet your deadlines. You got to get there. So money really is great. And of course it will drive you if your rent's not paid or your mortgage isn't being paid. But the reality is you've got to be driven by something else because when it gets hard, that's what keeps you going over the hump. That's what keeps me from saying I quit and I'm going to work at Starbucks because I can't handle all this pressure of, you know, producing all these different things and stuff. So the passion back there of helping that next person in line or a passion for a product, whatever that is, that has to be the really big driver to get you going because money will not motivate forever. Mm. Mm. Okay. You've got a book. Um, that came out a couple of years ago called Dream Big, Step Small, Learn to Reduce Overwhelm While Building the Business of Your Dreams. Who should read this book? Who would it be helpful for? It would be really be helpful for someone who has those big dreams and thinking, I want to do something for myself. I want to start a business or I want to grow a business and I really want that. But you also understand that it's overwhelming. And if especially if you're if you're a mom, if you're a parent, if you're juggling a nine to five and you're starting to, to try to start your dream, there's a lot of parts and pieces. So you've got some tough love in there and you've also got some really practical steps of how do you take the very next step? Because reality is people think that all of a sudden, there's a viral video and you're all a sensation when really it's that iceberg of the bottom roots that you don't see before that tree kind of sprouts up. So it's really for the people who really kind of want a step-by-step blueprint of what it looks like to build big dreams. Remember, we went from foreclosure to a seven-figure business. That didn't happen overnight. That didn't happen with just a few big steps and one viral video. It's just the very next consistent step that you can take. So that's really building the blueprint for everything you ever wanted. And it, it, everything I do follows this kind of formula. And so that's, that's what you'll find in there. It's funny. Um, uh, my uh, initial perspective on your approach is that um, 
it's just boring. It's just boring, Kristen. Like it's just one step at a time. Like that's just a boring approach. Um, but that's what's doable for everyone, you know, versus everyone can't have the viral video. Everyone can't have this like boom explosion. But the okay, I've got a big dream and I've got a blueprint and I'm taking one step at a time of consistent every day. Okay, that's not that sexy, but that's what works for most people. Well, and, and when you say it's not that sexy, I, I'm going to say yes and um, yes, it can be kind of boring. It can be very routine and remote. But the reality is, is that it also is a way to grab those quick wins to keep you motivated. If you're setting very small um, steps in front of you and you tick that small task off of your list and by the end of the week, you've done five, six, ten things, sure. you've got you're building momentum because you're right. like, wow, look at what I've won so far this week. If I can do these small things and these small things start to add, look at it like building, um, if you're going to build a path, right? And you put one brick at a time during that path. The path itself, if you're going to build a hundred foot path, seems forever. It seems yes. long. Yes. But every day, if you put a brick in one spot, right. in 90 days, you're going to have a path and you That's can right. see the progress. That's and so right. when you look at visually, you see the progress. You're like, I'm making progress. It makes you want to make more progress. I love it. I no, I love it. I love it because I think that there's even my tendency is, man, where's that big breakthrough going to happen? Where's that big man? If I could just get on that podcast or if I could just have this thing, you know, if I could just have, you know, the stereotypical one is Oprah, right? Back in the day when she <laughs> right. had if Oprah could just see my book, if Oprah could just interview me or whatever, now it's other people, you know, because there are so many different niches. But the bottom line is, um, well, I have heard multiple people uh, even say, yes, I got that interview on so-and-so's podcast and it really didn't, it didn't, it didn't propel me. You know what I mean? Maybe it, I had a few more people follow me or I had a few good things happen, but for most people, it is the one day after another consistency and consistency is so important. It could be so, it, it can feel so exciting to start something and get all this energy and momentum, whether it's social media, email, YouTube, Facebook lives, challenges, whatever, you know, Hey, you do something once and it feels, but like, what about the second time, the third time, the fourth time it's that consistency. Like you say, that's just adding up. That's so good. Yeah. And those like, like small steps. I know that you said the Oprah thing. And I think that's so, so important be, to, to think about that because I think that's what people somehow wait for. Or if people are doing influencing, for example, or, or um, podcasts, or they're doing any sort of teaching like I'm doing. And it's not about if we build it, it they will come, right? It's if you build it and market it and put it in front of every single person you can possibly put it in front of, then maybe they'll come. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's having that realistic expectation that nothing happens overnight, married right. with the fact right. that time is going to go by anyway. So you can either in five years have a seven figure business, or you can be sitting in the same chair you're sitting now going, I wish I would have taken small steps, but either way, five years is going to go by. What are you going to do with it? Oh, Kristen, virtual high five. Kaboom. Yeah. Oh, I just love your heart. I love your approach to what you're doing. Okay. So uh, you guys have got to check out multiple things. One is mommyincome.com, mommyincome.com, which is where you can find all of Christian's teachings. 
You can find her podcast, the Amazon Files podcast, which is not just about selling on Amazon. Is that right? You have other things, kind of mindset-oriented things on the podcast? Lots of mindset work done here. A lot of, you know, I I cover some of the books and chapters and the topics because it's all, you have to be well-rounded. It's not about how-tos too. It's also about mentally getting over those fears and those procrastinations and roadblocks that we set up for our own selves. That's right. And uh, your book, Dream Big, Step Small, all the links for all of these things will be in the show notes. You can swipe up on your phone now and check those out or go to our website, insporising.com. So, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your energy, your passion. You've taught me about bundles today. I'm going to resist creating some of my own because I have my own vision and focus. I start getting excited like, I want to create a bundle. I should have a bundle. I should not have a bundle. But if you're listening, you might need to create some bundles. And if so, you can go to mommyincome.com and learn from Kristen. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, congrats on listening to another episode of Inspiration Rising. Why congrats? Because you're pouring education and inspiration into your mind and heart. And that's something we all need if we're going to grow our businesses and reach our goals in life. Now, if you enjoy Inspiration Rising, do us a favor, share it with a friend, take a screenshot of your favorite episode and text it to them. Tell them to search for Inspiration Rising on their favorite podcast app and click subscribe. I want you to know today that you're inspired, empowered, and loved. Not because of the way you feel or what anyone else says about you, but because that's your true identity.